how are we going to begin this thing? Where are we at emotionally, mentally, spiritually? Um, I mean, you just floating the idea of going to Vermont made me feel better spiritually, physically, and emotionally. <laughs> I'm always ready to go to so Vermont. So I'm just like envisioning what I would throw in a backpack. And um, just kind of like leave tonight. And just kind of leave tonight. Mistakes. So basically, um, if you want to be caught up like fully on where we're at, um, we talk about this on the Patreon episode this week. And also, if you have unsubscribed to the Patreon because we've been bad at consistently uploading, um, all the most recent week's episodes are currently uploaded. Um, I just have... I just am mentally ill. That's what it is. And... um, Maybe I'll just teach Nika how to upload I was just going to say, please teach me because I'm <laughs> buying a laptop as soon as I have the money, a new laptop anyway for school. So I would love to um, learn so I can do way more for the podcast than <laughs> anyway, I'm doing. So this is just a general PSA because um, yeah, I know that sometimes people just unsubscribe because they don't have the money and then they resubscribe. But if for whatever reason, the reason you unsubscribed is because you think you or you thought that we weren't uploading bonus episodes anymore. We are. I just um, I'm uploading them like three at a time because that's just what my brain allows me to do um because yeah it's been very hard for me to keep up with basic tasks lately but we're on our grind of getting properly medicated so but anyway my appointment is so soon (laughs) yes okay so yeah we're both on our medicated grind we're both on our girl boss grind Mm. we're both um trying to grab life by the balls and the tits um and so the Patreon is going to be a little bit more um, consistent soon, hopefully. But this week's episode, we talk about where we're at in life, why we're both kind of taking a breather from the fast lane. Um, ooh, my dad just texted me and it came through on my computer. So sorry about that sound. Um so listen to the Patreon if you want to hear us wax poetic about that stuff. We're yeah. going to be a little bit more lighthearted on this ep because, you know, we're here for we're here to get you through your day. <laughs> um, but we do we're both feeling like let's just run away from it all. Yeah. Um, just for like a few days. For a few days and then like come back and then run away from it all again. <laughs> ideally. Yeah. I mean, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I just kind of want to go on, like, cycles of... Here's the thing. I'm not even running away from it all. I actually feel like I would be a lot more on top of certain aspects of my life if I was able to just kind of, like, go on a vacation, quote-unquote vacation, that isn't, like, a group trip. Oh, yeah. Like, you and me just being in my mom's house in Vermont is, like, a very different vibe. I'm putting a moratorium on group (laughs) trips for myself for quite a while. It's a very different vibe than, like, all of our friends piling into a house, like, upstate or in Canada or in Mexico or wherever the fuck. And, like, being 20 people in a house. It's, like, a very, um, yeah. So... It's just, like, us and, like, Ani's vegan chili and, like, you know, a true crime Buffy. Buffy. Walking Buffy twice a day in my mom's quiet-ass neighborhood. A true crime docuseries on the projector. Yeah. 
Going out on my dad's boat. Going out on the boat. I d- by the way, I didn't just out myself as rich, okay? My dad got the boat <laughs> well after my childhood. Listen, everyone, I promise you, Anya's not rich, okay? <laughs> Mika has seen the house I grew up in. <laughs> I have. <laughs> she can confirm. And it's gorgeous. It but is gorgeous. They're not but rich. It, 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 it's, it is not a rich kid house. No, absolutely not. Um, my dad's boat is very, uh, my credit score got better after my kids moved out yeah. vibes. Well, that's like me when I tell people that my mom has like a saltwater in ground pool and i'm like yeah not the house i grew up in <laughs> i grew up in it i grew up in a two family beautiful yeah. <laughs> but a, i grew up in an apartment <laughs> yeah both of us have um parents that we have like step parents that helped our parents reach new potentials yeah but, but helped our tourist parents <laughs> reach new potentials new comfortable new potentials, comfortable potentials absolutely um and we love that that's yeah. that is what life is all about life is all about I upgrades and um, I'm so happy for my parents that they both have upgraded their lifestyles in one way or another, but it is not a reflection of how I grew up. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but also, I mean, that is still a very privileged position to be in, to be clear. Like, I don't. I'm I I'm happy to also acknowledge that the fact that I don't need to help my parents financially means that my adult life is very different from plenty of other people's adult lives, and so. You know, I'll out myself as that. I'll out myself as having um, parents that I don't need to send money to. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and I acknowledge the privilege that that comes with. Anyway, so that's enough disclaimers. Back to the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I also really want a um, veggie burger. From, from that the, cult from restaurant? From that cult restaurant right now. <laughs> Fuck. Mm, fuck uh, oh you know what we could do we could record an episode while in vermont about that cult oh true you've been wanting to do that mistake for a while yeah, and we can just bring the recording equipment and it can feel like very like um yeah. p- like we're at npr like on yeah. site oh should we interview them yeah wait, we recorded there <laughs> <laughs> we record we set up the full recording <laughs> at the restaurant they wouldn't then, say like, anything they'd loudly, be like y'all good we like put headphones on even though we don't record yeah. the headphones just so that we talk even louder and like as if they're not there and we're like so today we're going to talk about the cult in vermont that anya grew up near um and just all of the mistakes that this cult has made and they're just like literally making our veggie burgers like listening to us oh my god <laughs> they would for sure kick us out absolutely but they're very non-confrontational in general like they'll put up with a lot there because they just like want you to join <laughs> But that is where they would draw the line. <laughs> we should try it. No, I'm I just kidding. I don't want to get banned. I love their food. Yeah, I, I like their food too much, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, listen, I know we vote with our dollar, but I don't want to hear it from anyone who still shops at fucking Amazon that yeah. I can't get a veggie burger from this Or Urban Outfitters or fucking anywhere. Or like Gap. owns any electronic because all of them were made with like slave labor. So. Yeah. Yes. So I just don't want to hear it. Um, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> not that i think any of those things are okay but That's like why i'm voting if- for ron DeSantis um, <laughs> when he runs for president uh i feel i feel like i should run for president after the day i just had uh-huh. y'all i've been in a deep dark depressive episode for like about exactly a week now and, you know, granted, that's not the longest depressive episode I've been in, but any length of time can feel like true hell on earth. And today... I had two appointments, count them, two, and I'm still in my depressive episode, but I just, like, overly caffeinated myself and made sure I actually took my meds on time, because usually I'm, like, t- 
three hours late taking my meds. Uh-huh. And um, when I tell you, I made it to both appointments. I'm not going to say whether I made it on time Congratulations. or not. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're going to go ahead and just, like, kind of not pay attention to whether I was um, punctual, but I made it to both appointments, and now I feel like I should run for president. Like, I, I feel like... Do it. I feel like I should update my resume um, and to kind of include once had two appointments in different boroughs and got to both of them while in a depressive episode. Like, I, I feel like that is my platform. That's what I stand for. Absolutely. Um... So vote for me. And a vote for me is a vote for getting this cult to release the recipe to this stuff yeah, so that someone else can make it and we don't have to support a cult anymore to get our fix. <laughs> I feel like figuring out how they make that veggie burger would not be that hard. I don't know. Like, if you actually, like, eat that veggie burger and, like, with that in mind, it's actually very hard to figure out what the fuck they put in that thing. Yeah, you're right. Nika and I are not going to burn our lives down and move to new england we're just going to romanticize it yeah. to make ourselves feel better yeah while we endure what is new york during the summer absolutely and you know occasionally run away in the dead of night yeah to my mom's house no i could never actually move back to rhode island like i of course i could move back to rhode island but i just that is too much of um uh, a absolutely tale as old as time and I'm too stubborn. Even if I wanted to, I'm too stubborn to ever do that. So I'll come visit you. I mean, I'm personally on the train of um, being like the theater, the next um, High School Musical, the musical series theater teacher. (laughs) What is her name again? Jen Jennifer. Yeah. In five years, you mean? Yeah, in five years. Um, (laughs) But in the meantime, I mean, my degree that I'm going to be working towards is going to be online. So I can really kind of do that from up anywhere. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. Which I guess that's an update because I didn't talk about that on the last episode that I was going back to school. Talked about it on the Patreon episode today. Yeah. Um, Is that, yeah, I'm going back to school for anyone who's like, what degree is she talking about? I knew that I just had to do it because if I didn't send in the application and just commit to going then I knew it was going to be like another year or two years or three years of me delaying the plan yeah um so I just like really threw myself again all or nothing really threw myself at it um yeah so I'm doing that and yeah right now the the dream that has been kind of like building up in the last week in my mind has been what if I started my own like community theater program like the one that I was a part of when I was a kid yeah I Um, loved my community theater program it definitely changed my life and I wouldn't make a ton of money but I'd make enough to live and yeah and you could just like live cottage core yeah that's yeah very much um I'm very much in my um just like owning a dog like a big dog (laughs) owning like a big dog and like buying a car and um living okay so far you're just describing my life (laughs) somewhere upstate (laughs) okay there we go um and working with kids um yeah I kind of was like visualizing it yesterday in bed um and just like saw myself with like very long hair and like an L.L. Bean like zip up sweater like getting like groceries from like a tops um, oh my god, not a top. <laughs> with like, you know, my German Shepherd waiting for me at home. Um, Ugh, I've been thinking about like, okay, guys, nobody, keep this a secret. Everyone, this is just between you and me. Um, <laughs> despite this being published on the internet, 
Um, I have been low-key starting to romanticize one day having, like, a partner that I live with. And I've never really felt that way. I mean, we could buy a house together. I mean, (laughs) okay, first of all, this is not, like, as opposed to you, to be clear. I mean, we are buying a house together. We are. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. Um... But that's not for a while. You can still do the community theater thing for, like, a minute, and then we can still have our, like... I will. I won't be owning a home on that salary, so... (laughs) I'll be renting one, but... (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, in... After we've uh, lived whatever, like, chapter that is... Yeah. Then we'll have our buying a house together in our, like, you know, 40s, 50s era. Yeah. Um, But that's just, you know different chapters okay but i even when i've been in relationships i've never wanted to live with someone and i've like always kind of just been like yeah i'm like always gonna live alone like even if i met the love of my life like we're still not gonna live together or if we do it's gonna be like we have different wings of the house yeah and like it's not like i'm in a relationship so i don't have anyone to actually put project this desire onto but recently i've been like I don't know. I kind of just like want a home with somebody. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've, I'm like on TikTok and I see like certain people's like apartments that they live in together and like, you know, they they romanticize their own lives for views. So it's just like rubbing off on me. Yeah. I mean, I got it. We're both romanticizing different <laughs> home owning um, fantasies right now. So I got it. I got it's it. not even that I want to own. No, a I home, know. But like, I'm like, ooh, like picture the like nice loft apartment I could have in New York City with like a hot girlfriend and like where you ha- have like we're both like emotionally intelligent and like give each other space, but also have like a gorgeous, beautiful life together and like hold each other accountable and make each other better and like take care of each other when we're down. That's so funny. Like, I love that. That's so funny because mine is so the opposite right now. I just like, I'm like, <laughs> ooh, like imagine like living in like a cute little bungalow alone in like a town with a population of like maybe 50,000 people. And I like have a dog and a shotgun in my closet so I can <laughs> defend myself if anyone tries to kill me. But, <laughs> and I go on hikes alone with my dog every day. Imagine no, yours that is better. life. I think you, you, I think they're both equally amazing it's just Um, it's just weird because i've never had this feeling before i mean i don't even have anyone that it's like about i got i have never had the feeling to live in a rural (laughs) (laughs) i'm like who the fuck am i right now like i have never okay you know what we do need to take into account and this is serious what what i'm about to say what it's cancer season (laughs) it's cancer season (laughs) you're so right (laughs) like that is a huge part of why we are like deeply romanticizing a life that is probably not going to happen. Shut up! Uh. Listen, I'm not saying it's not going to happen for lack of trying or for lack of um. I want it for lack of like accomplishing it. I just feel like it might. They might be desires that fade before you yeah. can even set them into motion. Totally, is more what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm not saying that that's the case i'm just saying that's a very cancer thing to do totally and we are in cancer season totally i mean it's funny too i was saying this one of our friends but when i was a kid like really little whenever i would get mad i would tell my grandmother that i couldn't wait to live by myself in a house all alone in the woods when i was an adult and she would be like well who are you like you'll get lonely who will you talk to and i was like i'll just be friends with the animals um and it's just very funny that while i'm like the most overwhelmed i've been in years my coping mechanism is dreaming of kind of living in the woods all alone again with a big animal with a big animal (laughs) as my friend should we segment let's segment 
I guess it's not like a mistake I made this week, um, but just like a mistake that I've been making um, is that I, every time that I get overwhelmed, I um, I just like enter a place of like really, really, really negative self-talk and then that makes me shut down and then I am just like unable to function um like kind of just on like a taking care of myself level and period period that's like what I've been doing and (laughs) it's just been making everything feel even worse um but I mean my keepsake is that I have like a very good support system here in New York and like also not just in New York but my day-to-day support system um is One that I can really count on, um, and not one that, like, you know, not that, like, this needs to be said, but I don't know, like, I feel like saying it, that, like, not a support system that kind of, like, blows smoke up my ass, but, like, a support system that actually, like, forces me to be better and, like, helps me, like, figure out what I need to do, um, rather than, like, you know, telling me that, like, I'm, like, doing great, and, like, you're fine. Like, you know, I get the affirmation that I need while also, like, having you, like, reach out to friends to, like, help me, like, find a new job right now or, like, having, like, other friends check in with me to, like, ask what my, like, boundaries are right now while I, like, go through this period of being sober for however long I want to be. Um, That is... That's really nice because I need that and I'm not like I'm getting better in the last few years with these friends specifically at reaching out when I need help. But it's still very hard for me because I am a person who really projects a lot of shame onto myself. And I yeah. So when when you live in like a spiral of shame, when things are not how you expected them to be going, um, it's very hard to ask people to help you out because I know I at least don't feel deserving of it. Um, my hot take. I always do this. I never have a hot take ready. I thought that I did. Um, let's see. Um, I mean, I guess my hot take is kind of linked to like me wanting to be sober right now, which is that like, I think that often when we like make these new life plans for ourselves, whether it be like, going back to school or getting sober or, you know, wanting to, like, try out a new, learn a new skill. Um, I know that for myself, and I think a lot of us, we often want to put, like, a timeline on it. So, like, I'm going to, like, be sober for, like, one month or, like, six months, like, completely. Or, like, I'm going to, like, learn this new skill and, like, have it, like, mastered in this amount of time. Or, like, I'm going to go back to school and, like, have like that degree finished like in this amount of time and like then this is the next step and I don't think that that is totally productive because I think that it often leads to or maybe not often but a lot of the time at least in my experience it leads to setting yourself up for failure because I think that when you put like a time-centered expectation on something it just like it becomes more about that timeline and less about like what you actually set out to do Um, and then when you don't complete it in that timeline, you feel like you failed. Um, and like, for me at least, like, I don't have a timeline for how long I want to be sober. It's just like, I would like it to be like more than a month, but like, it's not, I don't have, 
once I get past one month, I don't have any kind of plan for how much longer it will go. Um, it's just like I want to reassess and see how it feels and continue down that road. And I think that, yeah, I think that like living in a way of like realizing that like time is not like a linear kind of thing. Um, I think it like makes it easier to breathe when you're taking on these new challenges. Mm-hmm. Okay, my um mistake is that I um for the last like couple of months I've been sort of knowing that a depressive episode is only a matter of time, but not setting myself up for like not really like taking care of future me Hmm. with that knowledge. And so I just kind of been pushing myself harder, both with like work and with social things and with just like, um, personal, uh, energy that I'm like expelling. Mm -hmm. I've been pushing myself, um, sort of to my limits in order to not let anybody down, including myself. So, like, rather than saying no to some plans or um, rather than, like, intentionally carving out time for rest in my schedule, I've kind of just been, like, going since, like, May, to be honest. Um, and I, like, that is just, I've always known about myself that that is not sustainable and that, like, I can't live that way. (laughs) And so I knew while I was doing it that I was, like, fucking up, like, that I should, like, really be, like, really intentionally carving out some downtime. And it, like, caught up to me. And, like, listen, a depressive episode was going to happen no matter what because that's just, like, how my brain works. But I feel like it was particularly rough this time around because my body was just like powering down like my brain and my body were just like powering down um and so I don't know it was just pretty it was pretty rough for um the last week I was very very low functioning and I was like sleeping a lot and I just like it's so much harder to like pull yourself out of it when mm-hmm. you like literally don't have the, the energy or the like it feels like you don't have the skills um, to do the things that like will just take care of your like basic needs and environment. Yeah. And so I, I very much just like kind of melted into um, a blob, which I don't think is a mistake. I think it's actually very important that we all rest and like take time to do that. But I um, was such a blob that like I wasn't even doing the basic shit. Yeah. Um, and that sucks because, like, now I'm kind of having to recover from my recovery, you know? Yeah. I mean, I got it. The, my depressive episode after gathering, I'm like currently right now trying to recover from because it fucked me over so hard. Right. And now I'm like in the place that I'm in right now. Yeah. So I get it. And I'm like really trying to not like um, incite hypomania either. Like, I'm trying to just like be a little bit level for a while. Yeah. Um, Because even though hypomania can be 
um, exhilarating because it makes me feel like I'm so productive and I'm like getting everything done and like life is like I'm on top of the world now. Um, I feel like it ultimately makes me it like I don't know it sets me up for failure when that energy eventually is gone I have a very hard time getting back on track and so I rather just sort of like be in a place where I'm like chipping away at my life um without the without the like uh cheat code of hypomania yeah if that makes sense it does anyway just bipolar girly things. Um, my keepsake, I guess it's like a tentative keepsake. And I guess that's like not what keepsakes are. The whole point of keepsakes is that we're like, we keep them and like bring them with us um, into our lives. And like, you know, I'm just not going to put that kind of expectation on this thing. But there's just a person that like has been in my life for... Um, a minute now and like through my most recent like heartbreak and my most recent like tumultuous relationships with other people um this person has kind of just been like also there and like we've been like they've also been going through some stuff so like there was never I don't know like we've been uh, kind of like building a very sweet thing without real like pressure on it because we've both been like going through other shit and like we know that the other person has been going through other shit and we're like there it's like a nice amount of like we're there for each other but we're also not like um, down each other's throats mm-hmm. and recently it's just been feeling like a lot sweeter Like, it's been really nice to be getting to know them at the pace that I've been getting to know them. And yeah, I'm like tentatively excited about it. I love that. So, you know, last time I said that on the pod, it like blew up in my face. But, you know, that's what life is. Welcome to the soap opera that Mm. is our lives. So true. And if I'm gonna like, if I'm gonna harp on about like heartbreaks I've gone through, I feel like I should also create space on this podcast for like the good stuff. Yeah. And right now I'm in like a really nice little good stuff moment with someone. I love that. Yeah. And it's very, very, very like, it's cute. I'm like letting myself be excited about it because I feel like I've been really putting my heart through the ringer the last year. And it's like nice to kind of just be, um, excited about someone who it feels has like a little bit more of a <laughs> secure attachment style. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like just chasing an avoidant, um, into the sunset for the fucking fourth time in a row. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that's my keepsake. <laughs> Listen, I still love those little avoidant people. Uh, I'm, like, I'm I, still I, friends with all of them. I but. wasn't giggling because of that. I just, I'll, I'll talk to you about this when we're not recording. But okay. <laughs> I was laughing about just, I have, um, I reached a new place with the last anxious avoidant person that I was chasing. And it's just, it's funny. And okay. it, while you were talking, it reminded me of that. Okay, great. We'll, yeah. t- we'll talk off mic. Yeah, we'll talk Some, off mic. If, if y'all can believe it, some things we keep off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot, but some things. Okay, my hot take. Um, okay, this is 
Not that hot of a take, but I just sort of feel like I just want to put out a blanket PSA because this has been something that has um, just been a repeated issue in my home um, for months now. (laughs) I'm just like, where can I get the message out? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I literally have a podcast. So, y'all, those of us who have... um, Those of us who do not have an external urethra, the only time we ever need the seat up is when we are either vomiting or cleaning the toilet. And so if you're over in the home of someone who has a... Who is leaving the seat up? Uh, Literally all of our dick-having friends. No, 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 not the girls. The girls I, who have it, like the the like yeah. straight up trans women, like yeah. I know we call everyone like quote unquote the girls. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. I mean, the women with penises, yeah, with are girl not dicks, doing that. Are not doing that. I fucking hate. B- do better, boys. <laughs> Ew. It's like it's so funny because I'm like, why do I even have to like? I haven't known how to like. I'm a pretty direct person. But I'm like, I feel like this is going to come off as, like, patronizing if I'm like, hey, can you put the seat down? Because, like, you're in the home of someone of, like, someone who will never need the seat. I always put the seat back up when I'm in the home of someone who's not going to need the seat down. So, like, why can't they do that for us? You know? I mean, they need the seat down when they shit. So I sometimes just, like... I'm well, like, if it was already up, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and then I, it goes back up when <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I just... It's been flabbergasting because I'm like, where... Like, who raised you? They're moms. Yeah. They're, they're moms who probably also had to say the same thing. Yeah, it's just... I mean, that's, that is what it is. That is why I haven't been able to confront anyone is because it makes me feel, feel like, like a, a fucking mom. mom. I know. I mean, I hate it. I and I'm just you. like... And, and confront is a strong word. It's yeah. not like I'm like literally confronting anyone over this. But like anytime I've thought to say something where I'm like, hey... When you're, like, over at my apartment, can you put the seat down when you're done pissing? Also, ideally, can you just sit down? Because I'm the one who cleans this fucking toilet. Yeah. Not you. (laughs) And, like, unfortunately, if you pee standing up, it it just is going to splatter. Yeah. Like, it just, there's no way around it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, in my opinion, if you're, like, in the home of someone who, like, doesn't pee standing up, you should not also pee standing up because now we're the ones that have to clean up your pee standing up splatter do that in your own fucking home or in a public restroom (laughs) like just sit down y'all what the fuck it's not that hard Okay, like, in a kind of iconic fuck-up of the week, Mm -hmm. um, all of the videos and photos on, like, Hunter Biden's... Oh, yeah. Like, cloud got leaked. My God, they're so funny. And they're so funny. Um, listen, I... I'm the Hunter Biden of my family. What? I'm the Hunter Biden That's, of my family. Okay, I was literally just about uh, to say, I was like, I famously fucking, um, despise Joe Biden, uh, but Hunter Biden is the best thing he ever did. Um, if you aren't aware, a bunch of videos of him, like, fucking people and, like, doing cocaine and, like, living a very, like live fast die young lifestyle um a bunch of those videos got leaked and it's just just so funny because if your father is joe biden why are you recording yourself doing all those things like we don't even have videos of us doing drugs like that well i mean because he's like things that he's like untouchable but at this point it's like girl 
But somebody tweeted, um, this comes from at good politic guy. <laughs> he tweeted, the Hunter Biden clips of him doing cocaine and having sex is the most outreach to young voters any Biden has done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, I think it's very funny. Uh, to be fair, I haven't watched all of the clips. So if he's doing anything like hugely problematic in any of them, like, don't quote me on saying that it's iconic of him. But like, <laughs> at, from what I've seen and from what I know, it's iconic. <laughs> I want this clip to end up on uh, Ben Shapiro's podcast. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. Hunter Biden, come, come on, on the, the pod. pod. So in good measure, because we said on our last episode that we're now going to have a highlight of the week because life is dark enough. So we are going to balance out the fuck up of the week or the fuck ups of the week with good news. Yes. I would love to give um, some airtime <laughs> to the story of the woman in Texas who got pulled oh, over yes. for being in the um, like carpooling lane. Yes. Um, and is claiming that because she's pregnant, there actually was another person in the car. And so she's claiming her fetus as another passenger. And I just think that um, that's like the funniest fucking thing that you could do. And I also, <laughs> I I get the sense that it was on purpose, that she was just been driving in the carpool lane until she gets pulled over to like purposefully make this point. I love it. And <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Queen. She's a queen. I didn't even know there was a carpool lane. Yeah, the HOV lane. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know an HOV. Like, so, I've never, I never I mean, this is... That. Actually, because of how much driving we do together, um, we've been in the HOV lane multiple times, but we've been okay to be in oh, it. Oh, because we're carpooling. Because we're carpooling, <laughs> technically. But um, if you didn't know that that's the lane you were driving in, I will let you know next time yeah. so you can see it. It literally... It'll have, like, signs above it. Okay. That is like it'll say HOV, okay, and or it'll say carpool, or it'll say oh. um, like more than one passenger. Like there are different ways that it'll be communicated. <laughs> it's usually in um, on highways that have three or more lanes. Okay, not so if it's two lanes, there isn't a carpool yeah. lane, but three or more lanes, and it'll be the lane that's all the way to the left, and it'll have a solid line rather than okay. um, the like. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Listener mistakes. Okay. Banged my ex's besties. Confession. Both a mistake and a confession. My ex broke up with me in January 2020 after a fight because I made out with slash almost fucked their bestie at New Year's and some other... Um, just dating mismatches. To be fair, they had been making out with someone else at that party and left without telling me. Okay, that honestly is fair. (laughs) Maybe not their bestie, but that's fair to me. Anyway, Um, anyway, we broke up and then I went to a party and, and afters that same month that they were also, that they were also at where I ended up fucking bestie number two and staying over. My ex had told a friend of that bestie that they all had freedom to fuck me, which kind of pissed me off more. Um, Learned the next day that my ex had fallen asleep behind the couch in their living room, so I hid in bestie number two's bed until the others left. 
<laughs> um, a week or two later, I fucked their bestie number three because I was hanging out with my own bestie across the street and saw this person on Grinder. I honestly really regretted this and wanted to be friends with this ex, but I haven't been able to open communication with them and apologize meaningfully. Well, maybe you regretted it for a time, but I found peace since then. <laughs> okay, that is um some Anya circa 2015 chaos. Uh, and if you want to hear about a time that I was like fucking two besties, it's in one of the deep dives in, in the past. Um, but yeah, I it's not quite the same thing, but it ultimately is kind of the same thing of like. I mean, it made for a great funny story. So yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it it was a mistake for sure. It wasn't like the right thing to do, but it is um, like a little bit. Um, goals of you to be honest <laughs> to just like fuck like just absolutely fuck your way through your ex's friends and like move on with your life yeah. I don't know that's funny to me like don't do it if you want to be on good terms for sure but <laughs> <laughs> but you know whatever Um. so because I've been listening to a lot of Kesha um, in the last day um, I decided that we should cover Kesha's, like, legal fight against Dr. Luke. Best mistake. Surprisingly, to me at least, because I thought that it was done. Like, I thought this was, like, over. Um, She is still, to this day, in the year 2022... Um, in a legal battle with Dr. Luke. And she, unfortunately, is on the losing end of it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, with learning that, um, I thought that it would be interesting uh, to cover what uh, is known as, you know, the free Kesha um, moment that is happening right now and has been happening for, like, over a decade Um, so let's get into it. So, um, I wanna, I'm gonna, like, do this in chunks, kind of the way that we did the Britney episode, um, and start with, like, the backstory first. So, some, like, pre-lawsuit era information about the amazing Kesha, and if you don't know her, how do you not know her? Go listen to all of her songs, which we'll be talking about. Um, so it starts, the timeline begins in September 2005, where Kesha, who's known as Kesha Sebert, is an 18-year-old singer, um, who, which I had no idea, um, that this was a thing, and now I want to go back and watch The Simple Life, um, at the time and had a small cameo on Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie's The Simple Life. And after this, she signs with Lucas Gottwald, who is better known as Dr. Luke. Um, After he hears her demos and he convinces her to move from Nashville, where she's living, to L.A. Um, Now, at the time, Dr. Luke was best known for producing Kelly Clarkson's track, Since You've Been Gone, a absolute iconic bop. Um... And so this begins Kesha's relationship with Dr. Luke, where she signs a six-album deal, binding her to his recording and publishing companies, not just company, Kaz Money, better known as KMI, and Prescription Songs. Um, So a month later, um, in October, uh, off the top, I should have said this before, 
off the top, um, a trigger warning for um, like heavy mentions of uh, sexual assault and rape. Um, if that is, you know, triggering for you, tune out from this episode or just know that we are going to be talking about that a lot. Um, and so October of 2005 um, is when Kesha first alleges um, privately to her family that she is raped by Dr. Luke. Um, she attends with Dr. Luke uh, Nikki Hilton's birthday party at Nikki's sister's Paris Hilton's uh, Hollywood Hills homes. And according to the initial lawsuit that Kesha filed and an account from her mother, Pebby Sebert, who also writes for Kesha, um, the lawsuit and the account from Kesha's mother both allege that while at the party, Luke gave Kesha what is known as the date rape drug, GHB. Um, oh my god. Yeah. GHB? Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know that GHB was the date rape yeah. drug. Mm-hmm. That is um, so dark. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> Continue. Um, yeah, that's why I've always been so strongly like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've also been very strongly anti-G, but like just because of watching people on it. But now yeah. it makes so much more sense why they act like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're basically like roofing yourself when you like willingly take it. What the fuck, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, do your thing. No drug shaming on this pod, but what the fuck? Okay, yeah. continue. So, Dr. Luke allegedly described GHB to Kesha as um, sober pills, and he took her back to his hotel room and, in her mother's words and her words, raped her while she was unconscious. Um, Kesha's mother says that she received a call from a disoriented Kesha that following afternoon where Kesha described waking up naked in Dr. Luke's hotel room after blacking out the previous night. She said, Mom, I don't know where I am. I think we had sex. I'm sore and sick. I don't know where my clothes are. I think I need to go to the hospital. Um, Now, Kesha ultimately did not go to the hospital. um, And in a later affidavit, PB says that Kesha told her, Mom, I just want to sing. I don't want to be a rape case victim. I just want to get my music out. Um, And then she went on to say, I didn't follow my instincts. Um, So 2006, a year later, um, a year passes without Kesha releasing any music under Luke's label. Um, And she signs a management deal with David Sonnerberg's DAS Communications. Um, And they represented the Black Eyed Peas and John Legend, among other um, music, uh, other musicians, rather. Um... And she signs with them in hopes that they could sign her to a major label. She adopts the infamous dollar sign in her name, professionally becoming Kesha with a dollar sign in lieu of an S. Um, Two years later in 2008, despite Das claiming to have found Kesha a deal with Warner Brothers Records to release her debut album, Kesha leaves her contract with Das to once again work with Luke and agrees to have him bring her contract over to RCA Records, um, which is a Sony Music Entertainment subsidiary for distribution of future albums and singles made by Kesha. Um, So both Kesha and Das have since claimed in court that Dr. Luke coerced Kesha into leaving Das, and Kesha allegedly once told her mother, Dr. Luke just called me, and I have 24 hours to fire my lawyer and my managers and go back with him. Anytime I get a contract, he's going to come forward and basically say he owns me. What do I do? Um, But despite their termination, which I find interesting, Das continues to keep finding Kesha new work. 
Um, now, in 2009, Kesha gets her first hit as a featured artist on Flo Rida's Right Round. Yes. Um, this was... Uh, for us, uh, you know, on the cusp of Gen Z slash millennials, this was our high school years or teen years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was heavily playing on the dance floor at Winter Ball. And it was before, like, we knew who Kesha was because she's not listed on yeah. that song. But her her vocals in that song really carried us through our um, middle and high school dances at Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Right Round is produced and co-written by Dr. Luke, and uh, the collaboration was apparently happenstance. Kesha had wandered in, had wandered into the studio where Flo Rida was recording, just as he realized that the song needed a female voice. Um, Kesha, to this day, remains uncredited on most versions of the songs and claims that she was never even paid. Um, really? Now, uh, again in 2009, That's after nearly bad. five years of artist development... Kesha gets her first solo hit with her debut single, TikTok, yes. which goes on to spend nine weeks at number one. Her one first, of the best songs of all time. One of the best songs ever. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> her first album, Animal, also debuts at number one in January 2010. This is personally my freshman year of high school. A gorgeous time. Just kidding. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, 2010 was a horrible time in my life, but... Honestly, like, Kesha rising to prominence was one of the, like, beams of light in that time of my life. Yeah. Was absolutely obsessed with her. Still am. Still am. So her debut album, Animal, goes on to sell 152,000 copies. And um, this was before Nielsen counted streaming towards Billboard chart totals. So we don't know what it would have been on Billboard. Now it's 2010, and Das sues Kesha for the $14 million in unpaid commissions on work the company says it got Kesha after she ended their contract. They also sell Dr. Luke for $12 million for allegedly interfering in their partnership with Kesha. 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 LOL. Now, a year later, in 2011, um, it's revealed in the Das case against Kesha that Kesha allegedly alerted people involved in her career and personal life as early as 2005, shortly after signing her original deal, that Dr. Luke had engaged in unethical and unlawful actions against her, and that she did not want God, she did not want Gottwald, Dr. Luke, to be part of her career going forward. However, in a deposition for the Das case that was partially unsealed in 2014, and that Dr. Luke would eventually use against Kesha. Kesha testifies under oath that Dr. Luke never made sexual advances at me or gave her drugs to force her to have sex, directly contradicting what she has said since then. Lawyers for Kesha have since argued that Dr. Luke had threatened her safety and livelihood at the time of the deposition, which also included statements from Kesha's mother that might have corroborated Kesha's denial that Dr. Luke acted inappropriately. Kesha was ultimately ordered to pay a little over half of the money Das claimed it was owed. Um, Continuing in 2011, Dr. Luke co-founds his own Sony imprint, uh, Chemosave, and is made CEO of the label. Kesha, still under contract with Luke's KMI and RCA, is brought over to Chemosave in the deal. Um, A year later, Kesha and Luke's musical relationship takes a turn for the worse, 
A New Yorker profile of the producer describes their work, his and Kesha's, on her sophomore album Warrior as strained, with Kesha wanting to expand her range to her rock roots and Luke telling her to stick to poppy club hits. Kesha tweets and deletes later in the year that she was forced to sing the lyrics on Die Young, which which faced backlash after the elementary school Newtown, Connecticut uh, massacre. She later hints to Rolling Stone that she doesn't have creative control over her music. Now, two I years- do love that it's like an official, like informal, um, what's the word? Like, uh, like the fact that like to tweet and delete is something yeah. that can be like formally reported on. Yeah, she tweeted and deleted, Your Honor. <laughs> God, I would have that so much in all. Yeah, of cases. same. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, so two years later in 2014, in January of 2014, Kesha checks into a Chicago rehab facility for 30 days to treat an eating disorder. Her mother later gives an interview blaming Dr. Luke for pressuring Kesha to lose weight, which Luke denies. While in rehab, Kesha uh, reportedly spontaneously tells doctors that Luke sexually and physically abused her and also drugged her. After completing treatment she drops the dollar sign from her name and asks to professionally go by kesha with an s rather than a dollar sign she goes on to say i took out the dollar sign because i realized that was part of the facade she said this recently of her decision it was a journey and i'm happy that was me in that part of my life but then i turned a corner now in october of that year on october 14th um Kesha files an explosive lawsuit against Dr. Luke in California claiming sexual assault and battery, including one aforementioned incident, the Nikki Hilton party, where he allegedly uh, raped her after giving her GHB and telling her that they were sober pills. And in this lawsuit, she talks about another alleged incident where he violently thrashed his arms at her, which led her to run barefoot down the Pacific Coast Highway to escape him. The lawsuit also accused Luke of long-term emotional and psychological abuse involving fat shaming. Kesha claims that Luke's treatment had caused her severe depression, PTSD, social isolation, and panic attacks. And she requests in that lawsuit to be released from her record deal with Dr. Luke, claiming his alleged actions as a breach of contract. No criminal charges are filed against him. That same day, October 14th, 2014, Luke files his own countersuit in New York against Kesha, her mother PB, and manager Jack Rovner for defamation. He denies all allegations in Kesha's lawsuit and claims it's a ploy to extort him, noting that she testified in 2011 that none of these allegations ever happened. Now, on October 2019 of the same year, Luke files a separate defamation lawsuit against Kesha's mother, PB, in Tennessee, where she lives, in case she tries to argue that he has no jurisdiction over her in New York. So he's basically on, like, a fucking lawsuit storm against Kesha and any of her allies. Now, on December 2nd, during a radio interview, still in 2014, Lady Gaga goes on to say in this radio interview that an unnamed music producer sexually assaulted her when she was 19. Kesha's former lawyer, Mark Garagos, suggests on Twitter a few days after this that Gaga was talking about Dr. Luke, which both Gaga and Luke deny. Still, Garagos claims he'll depose Gaga for Kesha's lawsuit about her claims. Luke responds by filing a, de- a defamation lawsuit against him, which to this day is still ongoing. 
Now, on December 3rd, a day later, Kesha's mom countersues Dr. Luke for causing her PTSD and says she had to be medicated due to the stress of his alleged abuse against her daughter and the subsequent lawsuits. Now, a year later in 2015, on June 10th, Kesha adds Sony to her original lawsuit against Dr. Luke, arguing that her parent label had knowledge of and enabled Luke's alleged abuse for years and turned a blind eye to it. She claims Sony put Kesha put um, sorry, she claims that Sony put herself in physical danger by allowing her to work with Luke and that at least one other unnamed Sony artist was a victim of Luke's alleged abuse. Uh, a few days later, on June 17th, 2015, a judge halts Kesha's California lawsuit at the request of Dr. Luke over a dispute involving a clause in her contract with Luke's Chemisobe Records, which states that all legal issues must be resolved in New York. Kesha argues that she signed the deal in California and that the alleged abuse outlined in her suit accorded in California. Now, in September of that same year, Kesha files an emergency preliminary injunction request in New York court to be released from a record contract with Luke, claiming that her career will suffer irreparable harm if she must wait until her sexual assault lawsuit is ruled on in order to be able to record new music without his involvement. She also requests that the court expedite its decision on her original lawsuit. Sony speaks out for the first time, saying that the label feels caught in the crossfire and wants Kesha's lawsuit against Sony and Camo Sabe dismissed. They call her suit a transparent and misguided attempt to renegotiate her contracts. Now, in 2016, on February 6th, Luke's defamation lawsuits against Kesha's mom and manager Jack Rovner are dismissed to lack of jurisdiction. Days earlier, PB, Kesha's mom, tweets that Luke is allegedly refusing to pay Kesha, her songwriters, and producers because I told the truth about him. She also claims that Luke forced her to give up songwriting credit on Kesha's last big hit, Pitbull's Timber. Um, Speaking of Pitbull's, <laughs> Buffy is fully snoring in the background. Buffy! Buffy! Good girl. <laughs> Um, in a tweet, she's giving me this look. She's like, "Why the fuck did you wake me up?" Because mommy's recording her podcast. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Mom's got work. <laughs> um, so, PB, um, who's known as at Granny Rapper on Twitter, um, tweets on February second, two thousand sixteen. Doctor Luke is trying to blackmail me into taking my name off Timber as a songwriter by blocking all sixteen writers from being paid. Then she tweets again, Now, two years since Timber was a hit, my punishment for telling the truth about him is to be responsible for everyone not being paid. A few days later, on February 19th, in a devastating blow to Kesha's freedom, a New York judge denies Kesha's preliminary injunction to be released from her recording contract with Dr. Luke's Chemosave Records. The judge rules that there has been no showing of irreparable harm and notes that Sony and Luke have permitted Kesha to record new music without the direct involvement of Luke. Kesha's lawyers had argued this was an illusory promise and that Sony and Luke would not promote her music, which Sony denied. You're asking the court to decimate a contract that was heavily negotiated and typical for the industry, the judge says. Kesha is seen sobbing in court while dozens of fans from the Free Kesha movement started in the wake of her lawsuit rally for her outside of the courthouse. Between February 21st and February 25th of this year, Kesha receives an outpouring of support from other musicians and celebrity. 
celebrities. Taylor Swift, my fucking girl. <laughs> you ever come for Taylor Swift, you have to fucking go through me first. Thank you very much. <laughs> Donates 250000 Thank you very much. To help assist with Kesha's legal bills. Jack Antonoff offers to produce for her and either leak it or wait on until that creep can't block you any or wait on it until that creep can't block you anymore. Lena Dunham, also my fucking girl. <laughs> if you want to come for her, you have to go through me first. <laughs> Writes a letter of support for Kesha and other victims of sexual abuse. Adele, who I love, gives Kesha a shout out. <laughs> Not really my girl, but Not really my girl, but like big fan. Big fan. Huge fan. <laughs> Gives a shout-out during her Brit Award speech. Adele's like a party friend. Yeah. Lady Gaga personally meets with Kesha. (laughs) 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 A multi- Lady Gaga, who's like, you know, a girl that we know. Yeah. But that's like about it. But that's, I mean, huge star. Huge star. for sure. Very talented. I wouldn't call myself a fan. (laughs) If her music comes on, I'll listen to it. But I'm like, I'm rarely putting on Lady Gaga's music. I was music. just talking about this the other day. Someone was like, what, you're not a Gaga fan? And I was like, it's not like I'll turn her off. But I'm never putting her on. But I'm never putting her on. If I'm putting her on, I'm in crisis mode. Because I'm putting on Joanne. Gaga is truly for the gay boys. Yes. And like, Taylor Swift is for the gay girls. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, you know, there are many more that fit into those two And Lena Dunham is for anyone with a personality or mood disorder. (laughs) Lena Dunham (laughs) is for everyone who has a deep, deep main character complex, but knows that they have it. Exactly. Self-aware, but annoying. (laughs) Um, So, Lady Gaga personally meets with Kesha and warns the public not to victim shame Kesha for going public about her abuse. On February 22nd, Dr. Luke speaks publicly for the first time about Kesha's lawsuit without going through lawyers. He tweets his innocent, saying he didn't rape Kesha and never had sex with her, and that she was like my little sister. He maintains Kesha and her mom are motivated by money. He tweets on February 22nd, 2016, they are getting behind an allegation only motivated by money. He tweets again, I didn't rape Kesha and I have never had sex with her. Kesha and I were friends for many years and she was like my little sister. Two days later, Kesha writes an emotional letter thanking her fans for their continued support. She also responds to Dr. Luke's extortion claim, saying, This case has never been about a renegotiation of my contract record. It was never about getting a bigger or better deal. This is about being free from my abuser. I would be willing to work with Sony if they do the right thing and break all ties that bind me to my abuser. One day later, fans plan to protest Sony's New York City headquarters in response to the label's refusal to free Kesha. However, Sony shares a statement saying it is not in a position to terminate the contractual relationship between Luke and Kesha because their agreement exists outside Sony's purview. A few weeks later, on March 7th, Kelly Clarkson, also my fucking girl. (laughs) Truly. Literally the reason that Taylor, like, always coming through for those who are abused. Literally the reason that Taylor Swift is re-recording all of her own music so she can once again have, like, control of her music. Because she told Taylor to do that. Kelly Clarkson offers more support to Kesha, telling a radio host that she herself, Kelly Clarkson, was blackmailed by her record label, a Sony subsidiary, into working with Dr. Luke on Since You've Been Gone and on My Life Would Suck Without You, or they would not have released her albums. She describes Luke as not a good guy, but she does not speak to the specific specific allegations Kesha made against him. 
A few days later, on March 21st, Kesha officially appeals the judge's decision to deny her injunction for freedom for her recording contract. She says the ruling upholds a form of slavery and forcing her to work for a company and a man she no longer wants to have anything to do with. Um, a few weeks later, on April 3rd, Kesha reveals on Instagram that Dr. Luke offered her a deal to release her from her record contract if she agreed to recant the accusations of rape made in her sexual assault lawsuit. Kesha refuses the deal, saying she would rather let the truth ruin my career than lie for a monster ever again. On April 6th, a New York judge throws out Kesha's counterclaims of abuse against Dr. Luke, disputing Kesha's argument in her injunction appeal that the terms of Kesha's agreement with Sony and Dr. Luke are a form of slavery. The judge states Kesha is acting unreasonably and that every rape is not a gender-motivated hate crime. Huh, I wonder what that judge's fucking gender is. The judge, they're like a woman. The judge also cited a lack of jurisdiction (laughs) and evidence. So between April and May of that same year, Kesha begins to rebuild her career. She performs at Coachella and Dylan, um, and Dylan, and with Dylan Fest or at Dylan Fest. I don't know what that is. Dylan Fest and releases a song with Zed. uh, Love him. She also announces a tour with Major Lazer. Um, on April 27th, Kesha mom, Kesha's mom drops her countersuit filed in 2014 against Dr. Luke. On May 3rd, Kesha follows her mother in removing uh, Mark Garagos from her legal representation. On May 27, uh, or sorry, on May 22nd, Kesha wins her fight to perform at the Billboard Music Awards after Dr. Luke and Kemo Sabe um, attempted to block her from singing on the show. They allow it on the grounds that Ke- Kesha can't mention Luke or the lawsuit. On August 1st, Kesha drops her lawsuit. After nearly two years of being caught in a legal quagmire, Kesha drops her stalled California abuse lawsuit against Dr. Luke. She instead delivers 28 songs to her label, which she says she financed completely by herself and puts sole focus on her New York case to be released from her contract. She later describes the situation surrounding new music as songs that are just sitting somewhere waiting to be completed and polished and released. Luke disputes the claim, saying Kesha exiled herself. And on September 1st, Dr. Luke sues Kesha's mom for a second time, claiming that she didn't allow him to amend his original lawsuit with new complaints, but has continued to make defamatory comments about his alleged abuse. Now, on January 31st, 2017, Dr. Luke threatens to sue Kesha for defamation over a text that she allegedly sent to Lady Gaga the week after Kesha lost her injunction claiming Luke raped another artist. In a separate filing, Kesha accuses Luke of being unsupportive of her music and refusing to approve any songs, a release date, or even agree to promote it. She claims that Luke has financially cut her off and still not paid her royalties from Timber. On February 15th, 2017, Kesha releases emails allegedly from Dr. Luke that she says support her claims that he emotionally abused her. In the emails, Luke appears to intimidate Kesha into dieting, saying A-list songwriters and producers are reluctant to give Kesha their songs because of her weight. Luke claims that emails are taken out of context. (laughs) What context could it possibly be? Oh, God. On March 10th, 2017, lawyers for Dr. Luke moved to subpoena Kesha fan uh, Michael Isel, Isel, I don't fucking know, um, who runs a Kesha fan account on Twitter and helped organize free Kesha protests. They claim that he closely coordinated with Kesha to spread defamatory statements and tarnish Luke's reputation. 
A few days later, on March 21st, a judge rejects Kesha's amended countersuit against Dr. Luke, in which she sought freedom from her record deal from a third time, claiming Kesha didn't give appropriate notice to void her songwriting contract. For that reason, the judge says that Kesha can't get out of her contract under the argument that Luke breached the covenant of good faith and fair dealing by allegedly abusing her. Kesha's latest additions noted that Dr. Luke's contract with Sony was coming to an end, which would put the fate of her new music in jeopardy. But the judge dismisses that claim as too speculative. The judge appears to imply that Kesha shouldn't, should have known that signing with Luke put her at risk. With respect to the prescription agreement signed in November 2008, Gottwald's allegedly abusive behavior was foreseeable. Another blow. The judge also shoots down Kesha's attempt to use a California labor law to argue that her contract should have been terminated after seven years because the suits are being battled in New York court. What is, was, this ju- was this judge fucking Brett Kavanaugh? My <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, they're insane. I truly don't get it. On April 25th, 2017, Dr. My Luke... dad's birthday. Uh, a doctor <laughs> exits as CEO of Chemosabe Records at Sony after nearly... Or after six years. He claims to still maintain a relationship with Sony, though the details are unknown. On June 23rd, Dr. Luke's Tennessee defamation lawsuit... <laughs> Another person's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Non-specified. Dr. Luke's Tennessee defamation lawsuit against Kesha's mother, originally filed in 2014, is dismissed... And in a joint statement, um, Kesha says she admits she had, oh, sorry, Kesha's mother says that she admits that she has no firsthand personal knowledge of the event occurring on the night of the alleged rape. On July 6th, Kesha releases her first solo song since the lawsuit, Praying. Praying. Fucking bop. That song Um, can get anybody through anything, I swear to fucking God. No, like, absolutely. Um, So she releases this on Chemo Soap Records. She also announces her third album, Rainbow, which... um, Is a very good album. Yes, which uh, is released the summer of 2017. On July 30th, Dr. Luke subpoenas Lady Gaga in his defamation case over the alleged text Kesha sent her, accusing him of raping another artist, which allegedly that other artist is Katy Perry. Um, but Katy Perry has denied this and says that she basically wants nothing to do with any of this and to keep her fucking name out of it. Um, Katy Perry and Kesha are, like, the same genre of artist, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like, they both, like, came out in the same time as, like, the, like, alternative party girl pop. And they both are, like, kind of irrelevant now. Yeah. No offense. Absolutely. I mean, I loved Katy Perry back then, and I still love Kesha now. <laughs> Take that how you will. Katy Perry, come on the pod. Please. Kesha, come on the pod. So, according to Luke's team, the texts Gaga provided were so heavily redacted it was incomprehensible. Gaga hits back saying in a statement that Dr. Luke's team is attempting to manipulate the truth and draw press attention to their case by exaggerating Lady Gaga's role and falsely accusing her of dodging reasonable requests. On August 8th, 2017, Vulture reports that Dr. Luke will be will likely stand to profit from Kesha's new album. The New York Times adds that Luke will pursue the equivalent producer royalties in court from the album rather than have Kesha uphold the clause in her contract that states Luke must produce at least six songs on any album she releases. On August 11th, Kesha's third album, Rainbow, and first since her legal showdown with Dr. Luke began three years ago, at that point, is released on Chemosabe RCA Records. 
Dr. Luke's defamation lawsuit against Kesha and Garagos, Kesha's countersuit, and part of Kesha's injunction appeal are still ongoing at this point. On August 15th, 2017, Lady Gaga agrees to testify in Luke's defamation case and provide unredacted copies of the text Kesha sent her. The deposition will happen, oh Jesus, um, in September of that year. On October 5th, 2017, in an interview with the New York Times, Pink says that she will never work with Dr. Luke again. I know that's also my fucking girl. Absolutely. I know that regardless of whether or not Dr. Luke did that, that that this is his karma and he earned it because he's not a good person. Her comments are in in solidarity with those of Kelly Clarkson, who also said that she refuses to work with Dr. Luke in the future. I kind of love that, like, Pink, like, said allegedly in the most badass way. (laughs) She's like, regardless of if that happened, he still fucking sucks. So she didn't even have to say, like, if that allegedly did or didn't happen. I still hate his guts. <laughs> she she like covered her legal ass by still being like, yeah, I mean, fuck him either way. And I love these girls for standing up for each other. Literally, like, I want a um girl band oh my God. of everyone mentioned. Yeah, the Kelly Clarkson has to do lead vocals. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Um on January twenty eighth, twenty eighteen, Kesha gives a powerful performance of her hit song Praying at the Grammys. Um At this point, it's the height of the Me Too movement, so this moment is particularly culturally relevant and poignant against the backdrop of the Time's Up Me Too movement, which Janelle Monae invokes when she introduces Kesha, who, at this time, her legal battle with Dr. Luke is still ongoing. On May 29th, 2018, in a major setback to Kesha's fight to be freed from her record deal with Dr. Luke, a New York appeals... um, a New York appeals court sides with the previous judge who ruled that Kesha is not permitted to make any further appeals to be released from her contract in a court case pertaining to Dr. Luke's defamation lawsuit against her. On June 13th, the previously redacted text exchange between Kesha and Lady Gaga is released as part of a series of court documents filed against Dr. Luke and his defamation case against Kesha. According to the documents, in a text to Lady Gaga on February 16th, 2016, Kesha reportedly accused Dr. Luke of raping Katy Perry in addition to alleging that she had also been raped by the producer. Luke's filing claims, following this text message conversation and with Kesha's encouragement, Lady Gaga spread negative messages about Luke in the press and on social media. In in July 2017, Gaga complied to a subpoena from Luke to to turn over the unredacted text. The new court documents disclosed that Perry had also given a deposition regarding the text conversation. Dr. Luke's legal team later issues the following statement. Katy Perry herself confirmed that Dr. Luke did not rape her. This is the statement, in quotes. Kesha's accusation to the contrary, just like her other outrageous lies about Dr. Luke, is baseless and irresponsible, and it is disrespectful to both Katy Perry and Dr. Luke, unquote. On June 15th, 2018, Kesha's lawyers attempt to clarify the source of the Katy Perry sexual assault allegation, claiming an unnamed record label head had initially told both Kesha and Lady Gaga about the assault. With regard to the text exchange between Kesha and Gaga on the subject, Kesha's legal team tells Variety, quote, it would have remained completely private, except that Dr. Luke and his team took an email obtained only in discovery and decided to publish it to millions of people in his amended complaint against Kesha, and then claim reputational harm from his own wide- widespread publication, unquote. 
Dr. Luke's legal representation promptly responded with a statement denying that the label CEO accused Dr. Luke of rape, concluding with a line from Sir Walter Scott's 1808 poem, uh, Marmion. They altered the excerpt to target Kesha with the bolded portion original to the team's legal statement. In quotes, as the old true, as the old and true adage goes. Adage. Oh, adage, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to read. Adage is a beautiful name for, for a, um, a non-binary adult. Um, as the adage goes. <laughs> and they put this in bold, bolded letters. Oh, what a tangled web you weave when first you practice to deceive. A few days later, on August 21st, after learning that a judge was prepared to release her, de- release her deposition in Dr. Luke's defamation case against Kesha, Katy Perry's lawyer files an emergency motion requesting to seal the deposition. According to court documents, Perry's lawyer writes that Perry is vulnerable to gossip column frenzy and that her testimony should remain private because it is not germane to the public and tangential to the case. A few days later, Katy Perry's deposition is released along with a number of other testimonies from Dr. Luke's ongoing defamation suit against Kesha. According to the heavily redacted deposition given in 2017, Perry denies that she had ever been sexually assaulted by Luke, an accusation Kesha and Lady Gaga attributed to an unnamed music label CEO. Court documents identify the CEO as Interscope Geffen A&M Records exec, exec John Jenick who says he does not recall hearing or spreading rumors about Perry's about Perry experiencing any assault. However, Gaga maintains in her deposition that Janik brought up the rumor to both she and Kesha during a meeting. Following the release of Perry's previously sealed deposition, Dr. Luke's legal team issues a statement claiming Kesha's allegation against the producer is part of a malicious design to destroy Dr. Luke's business and reputation. But like why? Like, why would she bother doing this much to her career and to her life just to, like, sabotage this guy, especially if they, like, have as little to do with each other as he claims? Yeah, there is absolutely no motive. Um, Now, on November 30th, 2018, recently released court documents at this time reveal a text exchange from February 2016 in which Kesha and Lady Gaga called Katy Perry mean. (laughs) According to the text conversation, Kesha was upset with Perry for not coming forward about the allegation that she had been raped by Dr. Luke and sent Gaga this message. Quote, I need to find sympathy and empathy for her. She's so mean. It's hard. Unquote. Gaga replied, quote, Do you want me to see if I can talk to her? I know she's mean. Unquote. Gaga tweets the following to address the release text. Katy Perry and I have grown up in the industry together. We've gone through both celebrations and differences with each other. These are old texts. We've matured, gotten over the past, love each other, and share deep respect. Katy is my friend and is truly a kind soul. End of story. On January 30th, 2019, Lady Gaga again defends Kesha in her legal battle with Dr. Luke in a recently unsealed deposition, which takes which had taken place originally in September 2017. According to the deposition, Gaga was in tears during the testimony, which her lawyer attributes to the singer experiencing PTSD from her own sexual abuse. Gaga began the deposition by recounting how she had first met Kesha in Dr. Luke's home studio and that Kesha had been in the back room wearing only her underwear. She cited the encounter when asked by Dr. Luke's lawyers if she believed the accusations of assault tarnished his reputation. 
in quotes. So if you were asking what my view is of his reputation, I made my view of him and his reputation when I saw her in that back room, unquote. Quote, that was an image that of something that happened to me, and I felt and knew in my heart that she was telling the truth, and I believe her, unquote. It is so Aries' son of Lady Gaga to be this involved in something that she's not involved in. I love it. (laughs) Just because it's like, what's right? And she's just pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) I say that as an Aries' son. And that's also what I was laughing about earlier. I was not laughing at Lady Gaga's trauma in case the (laughs) mic picked up me laughing. I was literally just like relating to her like fiery vengeance involvement in this case that like is not her own. Yeah, it's relatable. It's very relatable. <laughs> now, on June 3rd, 2018, or sorry, 20, yeah, we're in 2019, <laughs> 2019, Kesha releases Rich White Straight Men, her first song of 2019 on YouTube. Um, a, let's see, a few months later, Kesha shares the trailer for her fourth album, High Road, noting that the project has been a more positive outlook than 2017's Rainbow. In quotes, when I wrote Rainbow, I was in a very different headspace. I had to address some very serious things, unquote. But the singer says in the trailer, but now on my new record, I revisit my roots of pure and utter debaucherous joy. Kesha got her balls back and they're bigger than ever. Now on January 31st, 2020, Kesha's fourth album, High Road, is released on Camo Sabe RCA. She serves as executive producer on the Exuberant Project and is set to promote her new songs on her cross-country tour in the spring. A few days later, on, on February 6th, reigniting the case and delivering Kesha a severe blow, Manhattan Supreme Court Justice Jennifer Schechter rules that Kesha defamed Dr. Luke in a February 2016 text exchange with Lady Gaga, in which Kesha once again alleged that Luke had raped Katy Perry. In the court decision, Schechter writes, Kesha made a false statement to Lady Gaga about Gottwald that was defamatory, per se. There is no evidence whatsoever that Gottwald raped raped Katy Perry. Moreover, publication of a false statement to even one person, here being Lady Gaga, is sufficient to impose liability. Schechter also orders that Kesha pay Dr. Luke over $373,000 in royalties. Kesha's legal team plans to appeal Schechter's ruling. Now, on April 6, 2021, Kesha's lawyer files papers in the Manhattan Supreme Court, arguing that New York's anti-slap free speech law should be applied to her case. Page 6 reports this. The law is designed, the slap free speech law or anti-slap free speech law, is designed to prevent wealthy people from filing frivolous lawsuits to to intimidate and stifle free speech. SLAP stands for Strategic Lawsuit Against Public Participation. Under the law, which was signed by uh, now-disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo in November of 2020, if suits are found to be initiated in bad faith, encouraging only meritorious litigation, defendants must be awarded the cost of associated legal fees. While legal battles so far have revolved around whether or not Dr. Luke qualifies as a public figure, this legislation requires even private figure plaintiffs to prove actual malice on issues of public concern. And on April 22nd, 2021, a New York um, appellate court upholds the lower court ruling from 2020 that Dr. Luke is not a public figure. Two of the seven judges dissent on the grounds that he is, at minimum, a limited-purpose public figure. The court also affirms that Kesha's text to Lady Gaga was a defamatory statement and that Kesha can be held liable for statements made by her loyal and uh, lawyer and present agent. And that is where this timeline comes to a close. Um, as of 
2022, Kesha is still um, both in this contract of six albums that have to be produced under Dr. Luke. She is still in a um, maelstrom of lawsuits uh, being both filed by her and by Dr. Luke. She recently, as of 2022, was dealt another blow, being accused of defamation. She is pretty much, she's like very much in a place of kind of uh, where Amber Heard just was with the Johnny Depp defamation case, and it's looking like it's going to end that way mm-hmm. for Kesha. Um, and my source, my one and only source, was a Vulture article Um called The Complete History of Kesha's Legal Fight Against Dr. Luke by D. Lockett, Amanda Gordon, and Jennifer Zahn. Or Zahn. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that the moral of the story, um, I mean, I don't even really know that this is a moral, more is just like, like a moral of the story, more is like a, um, a take, a personal take on how our culture and legal system team up to fuck over um, sexual assault survivors, um, especially and just like abuse victims in and general. abuse victims, especially when they come out against powerful men. But um, it's just it's a cycle, it's a pattern. Um, Kesha is not the first woman or person abused person, but it's like heavily women who has been um, caught up in this nightmare um, of being in like a legal fucking like shitstorm for just trying to, like, speak her truth. Mm -hmm. And she certainly won't be the last. And for that reason, we have to keep talking about it. Um, And we have to keep... It's almost like the playbook of abusers to just, like... Absolutely. Lock their um, alleged victims in, like, legal standstills, if not completely destroying their reputation um, in whatever way they can, which is so funny because that's what they claim this person was trying to do to them and that this person like was stopping at nothing to destroy my reputation but then they just literally do that in return yeah um and it's about to happen to evan rachel wood his and you know evan rachel wood hive rise up because we gotta stop failing and possibly angelina jolie yeah it is also possible you know what's like I mean, I feel this way about, like, Evan Rachel Wood, too. I sort of feel like Evan Rachel Wood and Angelina Jolie are, like, kind of a completely different breed, and they might end up, like, causing a completely different type of shitstorm in return. Yeah, I mean, uh, Angelina Jolie, somebody put it best, but they were like, she has all those babies, (laughs) her children, who have already spoken against him in sealed court documents. Yeah. And they'll speak against him again if they, like, try to come for her. Right. Try to come for him being Brad Pitt. I'm just very curious to see, like, I feel like hell hath no fury, like Angelina yeah. Jolie. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for her. And Evan Rachel Wood, like, literally came out with a documentary about her abuser, a documentary series. And so I just sort of feel like she's also not about to, like, play nice. No, no. no. Um, they're both kind of, like... Not at all. Not that, like, I think Kesha has been playing nice, but Kesha, like, I mean, completely justifiedly... Um, has been trying to find a way to, like, still make music and, like... Yeah. You know, she's she's had, like, a different set of, like, like limitations yeah. on what she can even do in this situation. Yeah. And I just feel like, I don't know, I'm just curious to see how... Um, it's crazy how the courts can figure out ways to just side with the man no matter what. Like, yeah. 
literally every time. But, you know, like, I can't imagine a judge being endeared to Marilyn Manson. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I just think that we might get a win with Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, I, I agree. I hope. The tides have to turn. They have to. And, like, Evan Rachel Wood has put literally years of her life into, like, avenging her her experience with Marilyn Manson. Um, and so, like, I don't... I'm sure she's dreading this and that this sucks for her, but I also am pretty sure she's not scared. Like, yeah. I feel like she's going to go in guns a-blazing. I agree. Um, for lack of a better term. I know guns are maybe not what we want to talk about in this day and age. <laughs> um, figure of speech. Figure all right. Speech. Evan Rachel Wood isn't going to shoot anyone up. <laughs> as far as we know. But if she did. And we were talking to her recently. So. She'd be um, right. Yeah. Cell block tango. She, Absolutely. Th- they had it coming. <laughs> Whoever it is. Um, but anyway... Moral of the story. Moral of the story is um, just because these stories are starting to get talked about more doesn't mean that they haven't been literally the backbone of how Hollywood operates since the beginning of time. Yeah. And women and, like, victims in general, but unfortunately, um, the percentage of victims in these situations is very, like, high when with it being a woman. Um, but, like, victims of abuse in Hollywood and the music industry and also just in life um, are often, like, intimidated into falling in line because often abusers are kind of like key figures to whatever the like dynamic is yeah like they're like producers if it's in the industry or like they're the manager in like regular workplaces or like there's just some position of power that these abusers have that like for some reason the system (laughs) feels inclined to Defend and uphold their position no matter what. Yep. It's much more important to just let things be exactly how they were than it is to listen to a person who has been hurt by those things being how they are. Um, which it just feels like at this point, they're like just sp- spending so much fucking time and money on this. Like, like wh- why is Dr. Luke that important? <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, he, yeah, I don't. But know. it's like crazy that like eventually we've decided like we will the, the the tides will turn like eventually with certain figures then they're like it's um unanimous that they're a monster. But like for years nobody bat an eye at any of the allegations against Harvey Weinstein. True. And for like years nobody bats an eye at like the abuse or like the I don't know I actually don't know the specifics of if anyone came out about it being abuse but like the kind of shady shit that um Jeffrey Epstein was known to be dealing with yeah like nobody cared until it became like something that was like too big to contain yeah and that really feels like what it is like Kesha Kesha and Lady Gaga like on their own is a fire that that can be put out, you know? Like, if they can contain the fire, they'll just contain the fire. But then if they can't contain the fire, then they'll just make an example out of that, like, one guy 
the one abuser, and they'll be like, see, we're doing something. Yeah. See, like, we hate this guy, and so we're doing something, and we're really changing the industry. And it's always just like, okay, so we changed the industry because Harvey Weinstein is gone. <laughs> yeah, no, it has not been changed. Like, we just threw everything onto one person. <laughs> yeah. You just, like, scapegoated somebody. Yeah. Which... I mean, he should be fucking gone, so it's not like I'm saying bring Harvey Weinstein back, but, um, yeah, it's not actually, like, changing the working conditions for the people in the industry. Yeah, no. So, anyway, moral of the story is fuck men. Moral of the story is fuck men, and also it's our um, three-year friend anniversary. Oh, my God, so. yeah, we're recording this on our three-year friend anniversary. Yeah, of meeting IRL. <laughs> Yeah, we had known each other online via Elisa for several months. Yes. But on July 11th, 2019, <laughs> Nika and I met in real life for the first time. The first time. And that's when our friendship first, the seeds were planted. They were. And they blossomed like six months later. Yeah. We went to some bar and you ordered a vegan sandwich somewhere and got it delivered there. Did I? Yeah. That's hot of me. Yeah, honestly. I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh my about, god, you were that. sober and I was vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so now that you're going sober again, should I go vegan? No. Uh, <laughs> no, because when I'm sober, I eat like triple the amount. So I need someone to eat with. Okay, I'm... well, whenever you're not sober anymore, I'm going vegan. Okay, yeah. And I'll go vegan like with you or something. You're, <laughs> you're definitely going. not. I'm not going to do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, For write sure. us your mistakes. Yes. Best mistakes pod at, at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon. Our Patreon episodes are being uploaded, baby. Um, and as I did today when I went to Callan Lord, test your holes, test your drugs, and kiss your friends on, on the, the mouth. mouth. Uh. Love you.